What is wealth? Let's talk about that. Hello and welcome to the Durham Talents channel. My name is Jesse Durham. For today's quick take, we're going to address the question of what is wealth? Now to get started, even though we're going to get to some technical aspects here in just a moment, I would like to mention that having air conditioning and mass-produced clothes and refrigerators full of food and automobiles to drive and good health and a library and family and there are so many things that that I'm going to just put out there are what make us wealthy. Now I have been listening to some interesting statistics here recently reading some good books and while some of these may be generally placed with you because time and, and, and opinions may have some variance. What I'm going to put out there is that here in America, at least, of course, it doesn't take too much to get into the top 1% wealthiest people in the world. For example, I've actually been reading a book by... Uh, the famous or infamous Dave Ramsey here recently, his Legacy Journey book. I've really been enjoying it. And he's setting an example uh, of Americans by saying that the vast majority of Americans actually fit into, I believe it's the top 1% of wealthiest people in the world based off of, off of income. And it, it just doesn't take, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. It just doesn't take too many thousands. I believe it was it was, was it thirty thousand or fifty thousand. But just follow what I'm saying here. Again, having food in the refrigerator, good health, family, a working car. I mean, these types of things really set you apart from from the world at large. But when it does come to the technical aspect of how wealth is created and, and your income being, of course, a great generator of wealth, is is represented very skewed here in America. I mean, it's easy to get complacent in recognizing what it is that we have is all I'm trying to say. Now, let's actually talk about the definition of wealth. Well, wealth is not money, let me say right off of the bat. So money, the U.S. dollar, for example, is simply a means of exchange. And there have been other means of exchange over time, whether that was Portuguese silver, salt to Roman soldiers from the government, whether that was gold-backed U.S. dollars, whether that's the fiat currency that we have now, money is just a means of exchange. So there's nothing wrong with having a lot of money, but just recognize that the money itself is simply a means of exchange. And I would argue that true wealth is better defined as goods and services. Because if there's someone out there that offers firewood, and I'm not someone that wants to go out and, and, and buy the equipment to be able to procure my own firewood for myself, I'm going to make an exchange with someone that is in that business, does have those tools, has assumed that risk of that particular labor, brings brings that product to me, provides that service. So, so there's a product and a service there. You're getting the product and you're getting delivery. And we're going to make an exchange. And here we're using dollars in America. 
But I would say that that wealth is really in the goods and the services themselves. And there's some real practical ways to look at this. Just imagine yourself out in the woods. I say the woods. It could be desert. It could be mountain. It could be whatever for you. Woods is what we have here. And imagine yourself out in the woods. Well, it doesn't take you very long to realize that there are a few necessities in life. And while dollars perhaps could be burned, that's not very serviceable to you. It'd be much better to have a hot meal. So again, I'm just trying to tie back to us recognizing really how great we have it here in America. But also because there are so many of us that are looking to be knowledgeable in our finances, intentional in our finances. I think we need to be making these distinctions of money being a medium of exchange, dollars being a medium of exchange, true wealth being goods and services. This actually makes me think about what Nash would say, for example, about uh, precious metals. He would point out the fact that get precious metals if you want, don't if you don't. There's history behind those. It's interesting. Again, here I'm not making investment advice. I'm just relating this story. But he would say, Aren't those precious metals exchanged for dollars? So just saying, interesting, interesting, distinct and important distinctions to make. Money being a means of exchange, wealth being goods and services. Whatever services, whatever gifts, whatever abilities and experiences that, that you have and how you bring that to the marketplace to serve and to provide product in whatever capacity that you are. That's a great way to build your wealth. Now, here, let me point out that there are a couple of ways to earn. There are a couple of ways to earn. One is a person being at work. Again, if I go back to me wanting firewood, whether that's to heat my wood furnace in the home or a fire pit outside for a family gathering or what have you, hands at work is a great way to produce income, especially for the people that are inclined in that in that in that in that area. And then the other way is to have your money at work. So to view your money as little employees, little servants that you have, and, and they could be diligently working somewhere or they could not be. They could be lazy, they could be static. They could be locked up. There are all kinds of ways that we're conventionally told uh, to use our money, and they all revolve around this set it and forget it mentality, this park your money here for the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and don't touch it, and hopefully there at the end you're going to have something to rely on. Well, again, to answer the question, what is wealth? I'm saying that it's goods and services because you being at work, hands being at work, it's a great way to provide goods and services that can create wealth. Also, your money being at work can provide goods and services. Now, let's say I am making a loan to someone, someone that's looking to get some business equipment, someone that's looking to put a down payment on a home, whatever the case happens to be. Now, I'm not laying my hands to that task, but I can use my dollars, my medium of exchange, just that that representation of the goods and services that I've already accumulated, and I can use those funds, that capital, I'm going to use the word capital now, I can use that capital 
to further my wealth while providing a good or a service to someone else. So the two ways to earn, the two ways to accumulate wealth are going to be people at work or money at work. Now you could break that down even more if you look at it with a lens, much like we've done here before by referencing Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrants. He breaks down that, well, you could be earning as uh, an, an employee, as self-employed, or as a big business owner, or as an investor, or, or any combination of those right there. But again, you're going to see that people are at work and money is at work. So those are some interesting filters. I believe those are also some important distinctions to make in defining what is money, what is wealth, what is the market, what is goods and services, knowing what these things are, figuring out your way with your gifts, your talents, your experience, your know-how to accumulate wealth in the way and at the level that you want to. Now, of course, I'm going to say, much like Nash, actually directly from Nash, I'm taking this, he would say that becoming your own banker is the most profitable thing that you could do over your lifetime. Nash would say that the most profitable thing that you could choose to do over your lifetime is to become your own banker. Here's one simple reason. By adding one step. See, whatever it is that you are doing in life, whether you are an employee or self-employed or you own a big business, small business, you're an investor, you're any combination of these things, freelance, it doesn't matter. W-2, commission, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is that you're doing, by adding one step, in becoming your own banker, you don't have to work any harder. You don't have to take any additional risk. You don't have to change your cash flows. You don't have to lose control. But by adding that one step of financing for yourself the things that you are doing and are going to do in life anyway, it's the most profitable thing that you could choose to do. You know, two, two more points. Two more points. One that comes to mind on this idea of what is wealth. There's this this term that's used frequently, net worth in the financial world. And that's an interesting thing to evaluate for yourself because there are talking heads, there are the financial gurus out there that will, of course, purport you to be a millionaire and be correct in saying that you are a millionaire. But that does not necessarily mean that you have a million dollars liquid, accessible, without penalties. And, and there are lots of factors to evaluate. Here's what I'm saying about what does that net worth consist of. So I think something that's good for you to do perhaps once a year, more often, less often, that's up to you, of course. But to evaluate what is my net worth and furthermore, what does that consist of? Is this a net worth? Is this a wealth that I can access? Is this a net worth that is going to be penalized, taxed? What risk am I assuming based off of where this wealth is warehoused? And that brings me to the second point, which is the title actually of R. Nelson Nash's second book uh, after becoming your own banker is Building Your Warehouse of Wealth. And he would say that wealth must reside somewhere. So a great question to ask yourself is, Wealthy or not wealthy, building myself towards wealth, I'm on my way to becoming wealthy. Where are you warehousing that wealth? Because wealth must reside somewhere. Where do you put your dollars? 
again, going back to point one, can you access that? What risk are you assuming? What taxation or litigation? All these different things that you may or may not be exposing yourself to. What does that look like? So I think understanding what wealth is, having a distinction between goods and services represented in wealth, and knowing what money actually is, just the means of exchange, that medium of exchange, and then considering where am I warehousing wealth? Am I even warehousing wealth? And that brings us to the human problems. Conquer Parkinson's. Recognize the golden rule. That way you can be beginning to build wealth. If you haven't done anything yet, you might be early on your journey. Maybe it's maybe it's later on your journey, but you're just now getting around to these things. Either way, I hope that these distinctions and these definitions have been helpful. And again, remember, this is all centered around what it could look like for you. You becoming your own banker and implementing this knowledge. So if you haven't read his book, I encourage you to read the book, Becoming Your Own Banker by R. Nelson Nash. If this topic intrigues you, make sure to check out our presentation on our YouTube channel. If you'd like to have a conversation about how to implement the infinite banking concept into your household or your business or your investing, then don't hesitate to contact us. And if you would, please share this. I'm, these are big asks. I get it. But if you would, if this has been helpful to you, interesting to you, insightful for you, please leave a comment or share this with someone that you would like to see become financially free and independent. And I do look forward to our next conversation. Have a great day. Take care. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do a five, four, three, two, one. No, I'm, I'm not saying this correctly. Well, Jesse, let's hope the people recognize you. It's been some years since you've had the beard. Yeah, sure, that's true. All right. Let's do another one.